0: When you go to a public space in your local area, do you where do you go when you want to kick a footy or you want to walk the dog or just take a brief moment to enjoy your local environment? You might be lucky and live next to the beach or there's a local creek or even in town, you know, you've got a town that has a big, broad open space. But for an increasing number of us, urban density is choking up local green spaces. And now there's a push to ask private schools to open their grounds and facilities to the broader community. Is that something you support? I'd love to know what you think. You can text me 0418 226576 or you can message me via the ABC Listen app or tweet me at RN Drive. Should private schools be compelled to open their grounds and facilities to the broader community." Julie has texted in. She says, uh, so long as private schools are given public funding, facilities should, of course, be open to the public. Uh, this one too, no to public use of private schools. All the latter should be taken into public ownership without compensation. Everyone who's spent more than a year or two in a private school should have an additional income tax surcharge levied to compensate society for the societal costs of their schooling. Wow, there you go. And uh, maybe this one too, of course, they should have access to pub- to to private schools. Public money contributed to much of these. The tragedy of Australian education is the uh, growth of taxpayer-funded private schools. If all politicians, business people and uh, public servants had to send their children to public schools, they would care much more about how good they are. That one's from Jane. This one's interesting. My kids spent their primary school years in a tiny public school. They spent several years uh, learning inside asbestos uh, riddled portable classrooms with a a garage for an art room and parents volunteering their own time and skills to fill the gaps that a small school ends up with due to a lack of funding. Now, this text says if you drive eight kilometres up the road, you arrive at a camp, a 400-acre bushland property owned by an elite private school in Melbourne. And at that camp, students spend just a few days of their lives in stunningly architecturally designed recreational rooms and sleep in amazing bunkhouses. houses. doesn't seem fair, really, does it? I'd love to hear from you, 0418 should private school grounds and facilities be opened up to public school students? Well, in one area uh, at the moment, uh, that's North Sydney, uh, the local mayor is Zoe Baker. She joins me now. Welcome to RN Drive, Mayor.
1: Good afternoon. Tell me
0: about the problem that you're facing when it comes to community planning. Let, you know, we understand, about to tell us the solution, but what is the problem that you're facing? How many schools are there in in your rapidly uh, sort of growing area?
1: Well, um, anyone who knows North Sydney, we're an inner urban suburb of um, Sydney. Uh, We're 10 square kilometres, which makes us quite small, but we're really dense. So currently there's 70,000 odd residents. And over the next 10 years, our state government is... Um, insisting that we expand that to at least 78,000, so a sort of 10% population increase. Um, And as an older, more established suburb, we have very limited um, open space and um, and and it barely um, meets the needs of an existing population, let alone um, the future population that we're planning for. But we also, unusually, are the densest education precinct in um, certainly New South Wales, possibly Australia, because within the 10 square kilometres, we have 16 primary and secondary schools. Um, There are seven public primary and secondary schools and nine private schools. And those private schools are amongst um, the largest single landholders in our local government area.
0: So on one hand, you've got this density issue and on the other hand, you've got this uh, issue with some of the local private schools being surrounded by all these wonderful green spaces and having these wonderful facilities. Why are you specifically looking to them and uh, requesting their participation
1: to um, to, to change this? We're looking as a council, we're looking to both. Um, Currently, most of the the public schools, particularly the primary schools, have for Decades had a had a sort of open gate policy. Um, they put up a a sign that says, "If you pay play here after hours or on the weekends or during school holidays, it's at your own risk." But those those school playgrounds have become extensions of people's um, play areas, and and and, and um, that's been an ad hoc thing. Um, some of the public's um, secondary schools, the high schools, give they don't they don't have huge grounds, but they have netball courts and basketball courts and school halls, and that on an ad hoc basis has been open to the community, um, and it just seems obvious to me that we all have these pressures about open space, about playing fields, but also community spaces like libraries and theatre facilities and school and halls. Um, and some of the largest landowners in our in our area are those private schools um, and i think it's just a, a creative solution but they're not just private schools schools um, are also part of our community and so we've there has been a tendency both at the council level and, a, and a, as an extension of our community to be um, a bit wary and hostile about um, the private schools because they've had big expansion over the last 10 years in particular, big um, additional facilities that have been um, built. Um, and um, and so we haven't opened the conversation. So as a council, I, we can't compel um, a private school to do anything, but we are going to and are inviting them to a conversation about being um, members of our community and that that's a two-way street.
0: You're saying that it's a request and you can't compel them. I mean, would there be any uh, tax breaks or rates breaks for private schools that might participate in something like this? I mean, is there another way to to encourage them to to participate?
1: Well, in New South Wales, um, schools don't pay rates. So um, they do occupy large swathes of land and they don't pay rates. And you know they do have impacts on local roads and 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 many of the private schools we um have in our area also don't have big playing fields because we are in you know, a urban. so they often have their um, well, they all have have used our parks and our playing fields as an adjunct to their playgrounds and so what I I'm putting to the schools is um, that we explore ways that that they be good neighbors that they open their their doors to the community and some of them don't have playing fields or big green spaces but they have really fantastic as you said award-winning architectural architecturally designed buildings um, with in North Sydney Harbour Views, um, there's no reason why um, community groups um, might not be able to have meetings there in school holidays and after hours. Um, there are, you know, incredible food tech kitchens that might be, you know, somewhere that um, a local group of um, people who are doing food for the homeless might be able to use. There's all sorts of creative ways to. And we have to be creative about finding spaces for community activities, whether it's sport and recreation or green space, um, all those more active um, ways of contributing.
0: If you've just tuned in, it's 22 minutes to 5 RN Drive. Uh, You're hearing from North Sydney Mayor Zoe uh, Baker. Uh, She's uh, taking the approach of requesting private schools in her area to allow access uh, more broadly to people in the area to use some of the facilities that private schools are certainly known for. The text line's open 0418 226576. Peter, on the northern beaches of New South Wales, uh, sorry, of of Sydney uh, texts in, he says all the public schools in his area now have a six-foot high metal spiked fence around them so we can't uh, use the basketball courts on the grounds or kick a football in the school oval. Uh, it seems like certainly schools in your area, Zoe, have opened up in terms of uh, public schools to access. We know that there's a New South Wales state government program called uh, Share the Space, which asks state government-run schools to do exactly that. 700 schools participated in that program over last summer. Are you getting any any indication from the private schools that they might allow some of this access?
1: Well, some of them already do, but it tends to be ad hoc. So some of them, um, at least three of them, provide access for basketball courts and netball courts um, for some of the local sporting associations. Um, And... Um so it, there, as I said, it's not a hostile um, relationship. I think um there's at least one um, large boys school that has um that has a, an amazing um, setting of a heritage building um, in um, in a huge green space um, that has been much beloved by our community and hard fought over it. Um, that I'm hoping that they'll open their doors and allow community um, access to that, even if it's for a number of days a year. I think once the conversation is started um, and it, and there's an understanding that it's not just... that it is a two-way um, relationship and that there are benefits for their students um, and their student body by being engaged in their, their community rather than um, turning their back on it.
0: I do, I do um, have I'm to
1: optimistic. ask...
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> you have to be in life. Uh, I do have to ask, though, with the creativity of these solutions you're trying to employ now in your local government area, doesn't this sort of point to previous poor planning? I mean, these schools were allowed to grow and expand and take up more space in the community. I mean, are previous council practices are somewhat to blame for the situation that you find yourself in?
1: Uh I don't believe they are. On, on. I'm I'm happy to point the finger at previous councils, including ones I've sat on in terms of poor planning. Um, but I don't think in this. I think private schools are able to use the market and purchase property and there's no mechanism for councils to um, be able to restrict or, or stop that. Um, I think that in a place like North Sydney, where, as I said to you, it's a small geographical area um, and they do take up um you know amongst the largest landholders single landholders here um that it is where we have an intensification of that use um, that um, may not be um, experienced elsewhere but I think to some extent um the the planning the planning in particular in New south Wales is about urban consolidation and our council hasn't shirked from that we've planned elsewhere um to where there's been res big residential development to Take developer contributions and deliver new parks, um, and but that takes a decade at least to deliver each time. This, this the urgency is now, and the land and the facilities are there now, and so um, uh, you have to do both. You have to do the careful planning, and you also have to um, explore creative solutions for the for the pressure that we're feeling daily. Well-
0: Well, it's an issue not uh, specific to your local government area and uh, I'm sure other mayors will be listening to this around Australia thinking how can we get uh, some equity of access to some of the green spaces which are certainly running out in this sort of urbanised area. Zoe Baker is the Mayor of North Sydney Council. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Find more great ABC RN stories that
1: take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.